0: You're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Millis, Professor of Surgery, Chief of the Section of Transplant Surgery at the University of Chicago. Today we'll be discussing ethical issues and policy of transplant surgery in China. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Millis. Tell me... What exactly are you doing on your visits to China, and what is the direction you're taking?
1: The focus of my work in China is to help China and the policy leaders there to improve the the practice and policies and regulations regarding transplantation in that country.
0: How many hospitals are doing transplant surgery in China at the present time?
1: If you were to ask me that before the 1st of May, the answer would be over 600, with the increased level of regulation that the government is is placing on transplantation the number of transplant hospitals currently in China is about 150 vice minister of health had called a meeting of all the transplant programs in november letting them know about the increased regulations and told them that they would all have to apply to the government in order to continue to do transplants and told the uh, representatives from these transplant hospitals the criteria in which they were to be judged and told them at the time that the expectation was that two-thirds of them would close after the introduction of the new policies. And then in April, the new policies were passed and the regulations began being enforced on May 1st. And there are now somewhere around 150 programs uh, performing transplants in China.
0: Is there any resistance from these hospitals?
1: Yes, there is resistance, but the area of transplantation is is relatively new, and elimination of transplant from these centers is is perhaps not as disrupting as it would be, say, in the United States, if if the federal government decided that two thirds of the transplant programs in the states would close. It's not yet ingrained enough in in Chinese uh, healthcare system to cause. much disruption.
0: Where are most of the surgeons trained that are doing transplant surgery in China?
1: In Western transplant programs, either in the States or uh, Europe or Australia. A few of them have trained in Japan and other places in Asia that perhaps have done many living donor operations in their history.
0: Is there a shortage of donors in China?
1: The whole donor issue is one of the, the major areas of focus in our work. In the past year, the Vice Minister of Health, for the first time, publicly admitted that over 95% of the organs that China utilizes in their transplant programs are from executed prisoners. The policies that have been implemented have tried to eliminate or decrease the potential coercion related to the prisoner and providing consent for donation, the new regulations require that both the prisoner as well as the prisoner's family consent to to donation. Now, ultimately, part of what my work is is doing is to try to establish the legal foundations for a brain death system like we have in the United States, of which China currently does not have a brain death law. We are, are trying to work towards that over the next year. And then once a brain death law is in place, to develop a system that can utilize these donors and procure organs from them for transplantation. If this is successful, the number of organ donors through a brain-death system would far outpace the number of organs that could be obtained from the prisoner, executed prisoner system that they currently have, and therefore would, would mean that those organs from prisoners are no longer needed.
0: In China, part of their culture is to be buried whole or be cremated whole, that uh, this has implication as far as our next life, and this is not unlike some religions in the United States. How will they be able to change this cultural principle that's been embedded for so many centuries in China?
1: As I've traveled around China, certainly there are people who still hold on to that belief, but increasingly the younger generation are much more willing to consider alternative aspects to that concept. In fact, there is, even without a, a legal foundation for brain death donation, there is some experience in China that would demonstrate that there is some support for a brain death donation system. A, a surgeon in, in Wuhan did approximately five brain death donors after having talked to the family and gotten consent, etc. And we are in the process of Uh, recontacting those families to find out what their opinions are currently regarding their decision to donate. And, you know, it's not unlike the United States in the 60s before, in fact, we had a brain death uh, system in which similar thoughts were that, well, people wouldn't accept the concept of brain death, that they would accept death when their their heart stopped. But uh, this brain death was a, a new concept. And there's a significant amount of public education, public service announcements, etc., that helped bring us all along, so that we now accept brain death as as a reasonable endpoint of life, and that uh, there's potential advantages in regards to organ donation and helping others when one embraces this concept. So, I think that certainly there will be challenges, just as there is challenges with any time any time you work through societal change. But I have confidence that China will embrace this concept in the future, and. Allow organ donation to proceed along international standards.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and today our guest is Dr. Michael Millis, professor of surgery at the University of Chicago, and we're discussing ethical issues and policy of transplant surgery in China. Earlier, you mentioned that there are some policy changes, and we touched on one that of using prisoners as donors. What are some of the other policy changes that are going to be enforced in China to meet international standards?
1: There are now specific regulations that transplant centers have to meet, similar to regulations that Medicare and Medicaid require of of U.S. uh, transplant centers. So establishing those regulations is a a big step as well. An additional step that was put in place uh, as of May 1st was the elimination of what has become known as transplant tourism where citizens of other countries travel to China or any other country uh, that has a relative surplus of organs or people who could pay for the the transplants and people that that have means go to these countries and have their transplant in that country. There's concern about transplant tourism because of the economic disparity between those who come to, to those countries to get transplants and potentially the people who are who are donating the organs, in China, obviously it's it's executed prisoners who are providing the the donors. But in other countries that that have fostered transplant tourism, it's it's living donors, potentially who are who are given money for for their organ, and so that's a it's a big concern. And so China has eliminated the ability of transplant centers in China to transplant foreign nationals. So this has been put into effect, and there have been a number of hospitals who have had to discharge patients from their hospital in China that are foreign nationals and send them back to their country of origin because they cannot cannot transplant uh, those patients.
0: You think there'll be a shift, therefore, in this business to countries like India and Brazil, which you often hear in this business, if we can call it a business as well?
1: That's one of the hopes. Certainly one, one of my hopes is that by stimulating change in China for what we would consider to be the good of all people is, is that trend that momentum continues and crosses borders and decreases the transplant tourism in other countries. I've already started a dialogue with the Vice Minister in regards to uh, making sure that China continues to uh, look at their regulations and specifically uh, look at living donor transplantation. It's relatively easier to control and monitor the use of organs from cadaveric sources, whether it be a brain death system, which I would like for China to develop, or in their system, executed prisoners, it's, it's easier to monitor and track that system versus living donors. And every country that does a significant number of living donors, even in the United States, have much more difficulty in regulating and controlling living donation. And so what I don't want to happen in China is, is that they have gone through this effort to regulate the Transplant programs in China and to eliminate transplant tourism only to have a blind side to the living donation, and that and potentially that's where transplant tourism would try to place itself in China, like it has done in India and Pakistan and other countries where the transplant tourism is primarily based on living donation.
0: Is there really an international control system to prevent this, though?
1: There are no international monitoring agencies for any types of transplant. The best that is done is at national levels but patients seeking organs across borders uh, in potentially coercive manners in regards to financial incentives, there's no way to regulate it.
0: Amnesty International has reported that often 4,500 people were put to death in Chinese prisons, and of those, two to 3,000 consented to organ donation, often 40 within a week. Do you feel that China is really committed to stop this system?
1: I believe that China is absolutely committed to identifying alternative sources for their organ transplant programs and i believe ultimately that china would like to eliminate their death penalty and with you know that in the distant future in regards to their desires their system will have to identify other sources of organs for their people who need need transplants there are currently 1.5 million people in China who under western transplant guidelines would be on a waiting list for transplantation now currently China's economic demographics wouldn't allow 1.5 million people to be transplanted but that's just to give you an idea of the medical need for transplant services in China so with that need and the growing economic demographic of of the citizens and government of China They will clearly need to identify a way to get organs for their people. And the only way to address that magnitude of a need is to uh, look towards other sources other than prisoners. Prisoners cannot supply nearly the number of organs that that group of people would need. And so you have to develop other systems that could be much more robust than the, the executed prisoners. There are currently 250,000 traffic fatalities per year in China. So even if you could get a fraction of those traffic fatalities and and get them to be organ donors, uh, you would vastly outpace the organs that that China currently obtains from executed prisoners.
0: That's an interesting point because when transplant surgery first began in the United States, our donors were often of a pristine character because there were no seatbelts and our number one source frequently were auto accidents.
1: That's correct. So China's in a similar state that that we were in back then and there's a lot of people who were driving and when I go to China, certainly the, the time that I most fear for my life is when I'm being driven from one city to the, to the other.
0: I want to thank Dr. Michael Millis, Professor of Surgery at the University of Chicago, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing ethical changes in transplant surgery in China. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to The Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.